Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Wade Burton to discuss the ending of Monsters. The action time is a factor in this so please pay attention. Oh, oh let's just do it. Are you there Wade? Wade are you there? <laughs> oh you haven't broken up. I am here you? hopefully. Oh, right. Oh, you're back. Sorry. Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah, I went, are you there, Wade? And there was complete silence. I actually heard on your end that you broke up a little bit then as well. So whether it's, it's something weird on both ends, I'm not sure. Oh, that was the first fear. time I actually heard you, you break up a little bit. Techno anyway. fear, techno fear. All right. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's persevere. Let's uh, get on, shall we? All right. Hello, Hi, Wade. Hey, mate. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm, no, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. Maybe there's giant monsters outside one of our buildings and it's interfering with it. I don't know. I don't know. Much like this well, scene, it, we're, we're, we're oblivious indoors while something is approaching outside. That could be happening, couldn't it? Look, mate, in, in Australia, I mean, these, these monsters wouldn't bother us too much at all. They're just sort of par for the course. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, monsters. I mean, last time you and I spoke, we were talking CG with Rogue One. Uh, yep. Last week it was CG with Jeff talking about Starship Troopers, and here we are today talking monsters. So yeah, we're we're getting our feel of uh, CGI effects on this show eventually, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was a it was definitely a side of special effects you didn't touch for a while, but you know, it is it is the modern reality. I mean, um, practical effects are now uh, I don't know. It's it's more of a it's almost a, like a boutique bespoke sort of thing. Like they, they're almost done to sort of prove, look what we can do. Like, you know, mm. look at the attention that we're paying, but they're not, they're not the, uh, the workhorse that they once were. No, I think what you get is you get uh, directors who, who, you know, are fans of movie special effects and they still want to work with, um, they want to work with practical effects, stuff that's on set. You've got other directors who think that, you know, the actors will act better if they physically got something there rather than just a green screen with a tennis ball yeah. in front of them, you know. So uh, it, it, it's a mixture of that, isn't it? Why, you know, uh, there are practical effects in, in many films still. Yep. But uh, sometimes it is, it, and then you use the computer to enhance the effects or it's a mix it's like starship troopers last week when we were talking about that that was phil tippett yep. you know right in that middle of the you know the evolution of computer generated effects who was using you know like like on jurassic park as well you were using full-size practical effects merged with computer generated effects but of course in this yeah. film that we're going to talk about today there were no practical effects it's all computer generated and, and and that sort of um, plays to the other, you know, possible advantage of the CG is 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 budgetary. I mean, that, that's that's for me the big story of of this movie is um you know how it, how it was made and, and you know the the scale of the the crew and the the budget. I mean, it's it's quite it's quite stunning. It when you watch it, you think yeah, that's a that that's a terrific film. But then when you learn about just how cheaply it was made and how they went yeah. about doing it, you get much more respect for Gareth Edwards and co, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I had... Uh, so I didn't see this movie when it first came out. It was one of those ones um, a couple of years later, maybe in the last oh, five years, I guess, um, where I was basically just... Quite often, I'll just I'll just Google best movies and I'll pick a year. And and this came up on a, on a bunch of lists. I was like, oh, cool, I've never heard of it. I'll, I'll download it and watch it. And I had no idea when I watched it that it was made on a really tight budget with hardly any people. It was almost a one-man um, movie in, in a respect. So I, I had no idea when I watched it that it had been so cheaply made because it, it it's so it's been um, it was shot so so cleverly and it looks it looks beautiful. Like it's it's not a movie that has a lot of rewatchability. I feel like I watched it again today and I was like, oh, that was good. And I, I had not seen it since I probably first saw it, and 
it, it's not a movie I could go back to and watch endlessly. Um, but for what for what it is, it's a beautifully made, beautifully made movie. Mm. Mm. I, I I saw it when it came. It was twenty ten. It came out, and yeah, uh, I and and I can remember really liking it. And it's a bit like you know Apocalypse Now in that it's the journey of Very the characters much. that you're um, responding to. You're responding to the great characters and their journey yeah. rather than yeah. the uh, the bigger picture. If you if, if you yeah. will. And the uh, yeah, there's the big uh, apocalypse now reference right at the beginning with the uh, mm. the, the marine, the the soldier who's uh, singing uh, uh, "Flight of the Valkyries" and says, "Oh, that's my song." Oh, that's yeah, hundred percent a reference. <laughs> yeah, I've watched it, of course, you know, for this episode we're doing today, and I haven't watched it for a while, for quite yeah. a few years. And the most jarring thing—I don't know if it was the same for you, Wade—but the most jarring thing watching it now is. It is jarring to see that Mexico's got a bloody great wall all the way around. It. <laughs> it, it's quite like, you know, at the time when he made it, he, he said he wasn't trying to make any sort of political point, but it is quite you know, almost uncomfortable watching it now. And especially mm-hmm. like God, the, lang- the language that comes out of Trump when he always refers to them as aliens as well. Like he's right. always talking about keeping aliens out of America. Yeah, it's like, thank you, Trump. You're spoiling this film for me now. I used to really <laughs> like this film. I really yeah. used to like it, but... Here, here we go. All right. Well, well, let's get into it, shall we? Shall we stop for a clip sure. and then we'll we'll, yeah. we'll talk? Yeah. All right. Let's Sounds have good, a clip. Oh, okay. So our sequence is the very uh, end of the film. In yeah, there, Wade. Yeah, Wade, you went. You went. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Am I back? All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're back now. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I think look, when you you asked me, um, you said you didn't want to do monsters, and I, I assumed this was the uh, the sequence you were talking about, and I, I checked with you, and you're like, oh, you pick. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, we'll do this one. Yeah, no, this is the one I, I was hoping that you would pick. Yes, yeah, the very, very end of the film. Because yeah, um, they do use the, you know, the the, the monsters are used very sparingly to, to good effect, and that might also be a reflection of, of the budget, but, um, you know, the, the, it's always more, it's always far more um, effective to use less monster than more monster. Mm. So, um, but yeah, this is the big, the big sort of money shot. Yeah, it's coming up, and and it's very similar, you know, in um, in concept to Cloverfield. This film, and yeah, I think if anything, uh, that the only negative I've got about Monsters is the same thing that I can say about Cloverfield is, as well. Is as you say, all the way through, the, the 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 aliens are used sparingly, and you're thinking, oh, what is that? What is that? What is that? A bit of, especially in Cloverfield, that's even more so. But right at the very end, you get you know sustained, proper, lengthy shots to reveal the aliens and yeah if if i've got a niggle i it is in monsters here it is the design of the aliens they are just too earth-like for me they're basically yeah. lanky octopi aren't they 100 percent. i mean basically they that i mean it's like a mixture between an octopus and a and a war of the world's walker i mean they do have these big large stiff tentacles they sort of walk around on but it is it is 100 percent uh, an octopus it's mm. you know um there is i mean in defense of it i mean I, th- I think that's probably they're going for a naturalistic feel and the whole point of these so these monsters came from uh so there's been a satellite that's been sent out to collect um specimens from somewhere and when it came back to earth it's crashed and and somehow you know some spores or something have survived and 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 the, this you know this alien life has survived and um the i was just reading and it, it makes actually makes a lot of sense that there's 
you know, you quite often see the televisions during the, the movie where you'll see like a newscast in the background just add a bit of atmosphere of what's going on. And one of them um, says that the uh, satellite came from uh, the, the, where it had been to collect the samples was um, uh, the moon of Jupiter Europa, which is actually um, one of the probably most likely places for uh, aquatic life to live in our solar system. It it's basically has frozen water but because of the tides and stuff of, of the ice moving they, they, the scientists basically believe there is liquid water under there mm. and there is a very good possibility of you know aquatic life so in that sense you know parallel evolution you know that that can that can sort of explain why they didn't go too exotic and also <laughs> the budget <laughs> yeah 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 i'm I, i'm guessing you've got this on dvd or blu-ray have you um, I've got a download, which was probably uh, yeah. I've got the DVD, Eric. Yeah, I've got the DVD. Yeah, sure. Yeah, have, have you seen the making of on it where you see no, all these other I, I designs? I wish I hadn't. Oh, you no, should. I, I'll, I'll have I him put some images on on Facebook. There, he had. Please do. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about it in behind the scenes. But he had hundreds and hundreds of design concepts for the aliens, and a lot of them were, you know, um, aquatic, Earth aquatic based. Yeah. But some of them yeah. weren't, you know. But well. We'll talk about that in a minute, okay? Cool. Yeah. All right. So this sequence, um, basically, a Andrew and Samantha, they've stopped for the night at this abandoned gas station along the evacuation route. Um, it's yeah. got power, so but there's no one there. Back in America, thinking everything's going to be okay, and there's just no one around. And, yeah, there's obviously been uh, um, a lot of destruction there. All right. Yeah. Well, they're, they're in this gas station, and Andrew calls for help. Um, did you know when he's talking to the operator, the operator is actually uh, the actress Whitney who plays Samantha. That's actually yeah. her. Yeah. It was actually a really, really, um, I didn't notice that. It was actually a really realistic sounding, the, just the voice. Like whenever, I, I've never, I've never made a 911 call, but when, you know, whenever I hear them on shows like Cops and stuff, like the, the, the tone of the voice, it just sounded actually very realistic. Yeah, no, that's her. That's old Whitney. Again, it's a cost thing. They 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 can't afford yeah. to get another actor in, you know. So yeah, no, that's exactly. her. Exactly. Um, yeah, and she obviously was just offset feeding him his lines um, when he's yep. making that call. But that told yeah. to stay put, and that an army patrol will be along soon. And uh, yep. there's a thunderstorm on its way. Why in movies is there always a thunderstorm on its way when something's going to happen? Well, you know what I picked up on. I think that's a tribute to uh, Close Encounters. You know the scene when the um, exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yes, because it's all when, on when the, the horizon, when, isn't it? When the but there's particularly the scene when the little boy gets abducted, um, yeah. which is I think is so creepy. When I was a kid, oh my god, that scared the shit out of me. Um, and yeah, that, that that's the whole thing where the storm comes rumbling in, and then at the end when you know it rumbles off as well. So I yeah. feel like that was his uh, little nod to uh, Spielberg. It could be. Yeah, he doesn't say that, but yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are many influences in this film to other things, aren't there? Yes, definitely. Oh, sure. Like you said, the, the apocalypse now. and um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the way the two of them, you know, in, in this gas station, they look just so haggard and, and, and tired. And I feel their tiredness. Have you ever been in a situation like that where you just want to go home, but it's like really, really late? And you just want to get home. Like After Hours, that Griffin Dunn film where he just wants sure. to get home. Or Miracle Mile, the guy's just like yep. in the middle of nowhere at yeah. a, a far too late a time, you know. I hate those. I When I met you, Wade, <laughs> actually, when I met you. The first, first thing at, you said was, Wade, I'm going home. And I was like, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I took one look at you and it's like, oh, I've got to go now. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, you know, when I met you at Celebration Europe up in London, you know, and we had our bevies. And I had to go off and catch the last train and yeah. uh, and caught this little, you know, uh, uh, underground train to uh, Stratford International. And, you know, at that time of night, it's absolute silence. There was no one there. I was just waiting for my connecting train. And it was absolute yeah. silence. But all the buildings, these huge buildings where they've redeveloped that part of London, you've got these massive office blocks, which are all lit up, okay, and I was just standing, walking around, totally alone. And it was that feeling of, like, I want to go home. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Andrew, he goes outside to call his family. Um, and this guy, he's a terrific actor. I, I love this scene because, you know, he, he's, he's choking up uh, talking to his kid, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I, I was um, just, just a funny aside about, about that guy is that I was just reading... 
maybe it's more of a behind the scenes thing, but um, when uh, Gareth Edwards was pitching this movie around and, and someone uh, made him recommended another movie that that actor, uh, what's his name, Scooter McNary yeah. had been in. And and that movie had been made for fifteen thousand dollars. And it's like, man, this guy, this scooter dude, is gonna have a hard time bargaining for wages. Like, I don't know what what, what chunk of that fifteen grand was gone to him. I wonder what he got for Batman versus Superman because he was in that, wasn't he? Who, who was he in that? I saw it the once, and he was the Wade Enterprises uh, employee who lost the use of his legs, ah, and Lex Luthor gets in the wheelchair, okay. which then blows up. Yeah, that's him. Right. But I tell you what, I haven't seen him in much, and. He's, he's got this. a pretty good on IMDb. He's done a lot of stuff. He, yeah, he works but I a haven't lot. seen him in much, and that's the problem. Monsters, you know, is so indelibly registered him in this film. Yeah. You know, when I watch him in Batman versus Superman, it's like I don't see that character. It's like yeah. you're the guy out of Monsters. Oh, I've, I've never recognised him in anything else either. No, for sure. But he, he is a good actor. He's he's really good. Um, as I say, you know, he, he he's quite choked up talking to his kid not not really yeah. the same for samantha who's inside the gas station because she's kind of like talking to her um you know intended gritted, gritted teeth basically isn't she yeah and uh, but andrew finishes calls and he sits out by the pumps and i i yeah i mean gareth edwards you know he's been studying other uh, directors and good directors because you have this sequence coming up where he's just sat there and in the distance coming out of the gloom you do have one of the aliens one of the monsters and there is no jump cut there's no um you know jumping in jarring music it just is there yeah. you know um kind of like backlit by the uh lightning which is brilliant because that just adds to the suspense even more. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it, like it's not like a you know it's not like a jump scare jump scare movie. I remember the first time I watched it, I didn't know much about it, and coming from the name, and I'm 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 such a giant wuss when it comes to scary movies. So first time I watched this, I was like gripping my chair, just keep kept waiting for the big jump scare, and it didn't happen, which I really appreciated by the end. But uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the tentacles they come down and they enter the shop. And that's when the music does start. And everything yeah. at this point is screaming the abyss to me, the way this tentacle yeah, comes in and definitely. it's going along. Definitely. It's like that water tentacle. Um, yeah. And uh, Samantha eventually sees them backs away. She's got brilliant acting there. I mean, well, when you consider, right. all it is is Gareth Edwards saying, there's a tentacle here. And he's moving yeah. his hands around in front of her saying, this is a tentacle. That is some brilliant acting. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's it's pretty she wasn't around for the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She would have been a, a green screen, uh, you know, natural. I, yeah. I really, I, and I liked the little bit when she's there and she, the um, she hears the ding dong of the um, the doors in the um, mm. uh, the garage, and she just assumes that, that that's uh, Andrew coming in, and then she's like, yeah, this, the tentacle kind of comes in. I really love the um, the animation on, on the tentacles. There's something really unusual about it. They they almost have um. Like they kind of unfold on these weird mm. joints, or these weird positions, and then they almost have almost a backwards feeling. When I was watching it, it felt, I felt like I was watching Twin Peaks. There's something about those tentacles. Mm. They, they look, they look, you know, the the actual design of the octopus is is an octopus, but there's something definitely uh, otherworldly about the animation on those uh, those small tentacles. Yeah, he's he's put more effort in than say you, you know the water tentacle in the abyss, which is just a smooth tentacle. This one, yeah, yeah, that there are joints or something going on in there, backwards joints and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, it's really odd and yeah, really really cool. Yeah, and I, I I was struck when you're seeing the tentacles, it's they're making a, like a clicking noise, which reminded me an awful lot of the predator makes this like ah, little, little clicking noise, yep. and I don't know if that's intentional or not. Yeah, I don't know. Like the um, the noises of the um, the aliens, they they, they sounded like um, public domain underwater sounds, pretty mm. much. You know, so yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's when the monster roars as well. It, it actually makes a noise, um, and that alerts Andrew. Um, and the monster now has got this like bright red uh, bioluminescence. Yeah. Um, again, very abyss-like. You know, the uh, the aliens had this uh, bioluminescence to their bodies, yeah. didn't they? 
Yeah. Yep, and and it kind of matches with you know if these did come from Europa, um, basically they are under like a solid ice cap. It's it's they, it would be incredibly dark. So yeah, bioluminescence. Um, yeah, you know, does sense. make sense. Makes sense. Yeah, the tentacles are everywhere inside. You know, they're exploring and they're attracted to the TV. Uh, they're yeah. attracted so to it, electricity. Well, did, is it the electricity? I almost got the feeling it, it could actually perceive, like it was looking at the TV. It could almost no. like touch that. And it was no, no. Gareth Edwards says on the audio commentary that they are attracted to electricity. Uh, that they, they, they're trying to work okay. out what it is. I guess because uh, you know okay. they they have internal electricity. They're trying to work out yep. why these things in front of them have got the electricity, but they're not alive like them. You know, and yep. that's what it's doing. It's touching that screen, and then Samantha turns it off. Um, and we go back outside. The monster now is um, now making footstep noises, quite loud footstep noises, which it didn't make on the approach. But you know, that's yes. I can forgive that. That you know, um, because you, you know, that's a filmmaking technique, isn't it? You know, you wouldn't have the suspense; it wouldn't creep up if it made footsteps. Definitely, you'd almost have a T Rex Jurassic Park moment, wouldn't you, with a boom, boom, uh, as it came along? You know. And you could maybe justify it was on, you know, being hidden by the thunder. But yeah, it was yeah, just a, a, a cinematic uh, option that he's made, which yeah, it was was the right way to go. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, another one of them arrives, and uh, we get their their sounds, which sounds an awful lot like whale song. We're, we're, we're yeah. back to the aquatic thing again. Whales and dolphins and yeah, well, those clicks yes. and deep whale bassy kind of sounds, definitely. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, yeah, they they start to embrace. And uh, if you listen to the audio commentary, Gareth Edwards does say, yes, indeed, they, they are mating. These yeah. two are mating. Um, so and... do you think, you know, earlier on when they're in the jungle and there's the, the infection, there's those bits on the tree that, that glow in the dark. Yeah. Are they, I wonder if they're supposed to be eggs or, or something. Or... or spillage, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I turned into Chris Irons there for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Lord. but I, I I'd never made the connection. It was him that said it. it uh, it's deliberate. As those two, the two aliens come together. That's when Samantha comes out of the gas station and walks across uh, to Andrew. Uh, so as those two yeah. are coming together, the two monsters are coming together. Um, and she, she she stands there and both watch. Andrew's too dumbfounded to actually take photos. He's just too yeah. stunned, isn't yeah. he? I didn't yeah. notice that, but that's true. That's his whole arc. He wanted to get the, the picture of the live alien. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we get a head-on shot of the monster. Now, as I say, it's a bit too octopusy for me, but that head-on shot reminded me so much of... Do you remember in Sesame Street, you had these aliens? Oh, kept going, and yip, 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 yip. If you hadn't brought that up, I was going to. Yes, yes, uh, the, the alien Martians. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. It is, Telephone, isn't it? telephone, so... 100%. Yep. <laughs> oh, dear. Blown it. <laughs> you blew it, Gareth. <laughs> Why do you have to put that shot in? Um, uh, one goes away, and then the other goes the other, and it's all in silence, uh, followed by... I mean, I know you, you're, you're an electronic... Uh, music fan and the music that comes in now I thought was very Brian Eno uh, the, yeah. this gentle music that comes in yeah. um, and then we get a proper Close Encounters homage because the music goes off we get silence and then slowly the crickets come back yeah. and, and yeah. you get the night sounds come back just like after you know um, Roy in his truck has had his Close yeah. Encounters and all the crickets come back I didn't think of that, but that that is true, and that ties into the the thunder like the as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Um, the troops arrive. Uh, the pair kiss, and Samantha says she doesn't want to go home, and that's when the film finishes, doesn't it? Yeah, and and the, and that's and it's basically the beginning is the ending. So yes. the, yeah. yeah, which which I, I don't think I even realised that the first time I watched. I it. never um, I never realised it. it. Took a couple of times. It's like, oh my god, that's them at the beginning. I actually thought that was her getting injured in the in that first scene for some reason. I thought she was on that, and then that's how she uh, got injured. But yeah, all right, okay. Well, that's it. That the film is over. Um, it's not very often we do a special effects sequence that is the very very end of a film. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. The film the film is over. So uh, let's talk behind the scenes. I say they looked very tired and very haggard, um, and the reason for that was that this was the very last thing they filmed, and it was the very last night. 
So that's why they're looking wow. so tired and why they're, why they're looking so haggard. Yeah. Yes. Well, and they went to, I think, one, two, three, four, five countries they shot this in, in three weeks. I mean, I'd yeah. be exhausted traveling to five countries in three weeks on holiday. Yeah, and they and they did film it sequentially. So yeah, they do get more and more tired as the filming goes on, and you get your jet lag uh-huh. and everything like that, you know. And the whole film was shot on location. There were no sets made at yeah. all for this. Everything they yeah. used, the gas the gas station here is real. You know that, that that nothing was constructed because therefore you don't need prop people and set yeah. builders and well, set designers. You know, um, you know. I and mean, that's a great. Why, after you, Sorry, wait. No, after no, you. no, you keep going. I was no, just going to say, say well, well, just, just as well, they didn't have it, then didn't need sets because they had a crew which was consisted of seven people, in, including the driver, including yes. the cast. It's insane. It is insane. But you, when you know all that, and uh, and when you find out that the software that Gareth Edwards was using was just bog standard commercially available ones, the whole film was made on a budget of $500,000, you know, um, it, it seems more plausible then when you've only got that amount of people. Yeah. I mean, that's so clever. I didn't, I, I, I didn't, like, I don't have the DVD, so I didn't see any, read any, uh, listen to any of the um, uh, commentaries. So, but that makes so much sense that they use so much natural stuff, like the, obviously the landscape. I didn't realize that they shot the end of the movie at the end of the shoot. So they're getting that naturalistic fatigue. I mean, that's just yeah. so clever. Who needs makeup? You know, it, it was it was all real, yeah. And as I say, that was a real gas station, but there was no phone booth out, yeah, you know, by the pumps for Andrew to make a call. But I say luckily, but luckily, uh, a hurricane had recently happened, and uh, yeah, they found a, a, a ripped up one that they just brought along and propped up against the wall. So yeah. I was going to ask you, so the, the shots when they enter into America and they're walking through the, the damaged town, I, I was curious where that had actually been shot. So was that some of the, the hurricane damaged? I think like, so, yeah. Town? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, that, it that, doesn't, it, it looks beat up, doesn't I think it? What, I think one of my favourite bits of the movie is that, that homeless lady or that crazy lady. Yes. Like her, her response when she says hello, that cracked me up. Oh, that made me laugh. I'm I'm just amazed when I watch this whole film. Um, you know the the CG effects in this are flawless, and I'm thinking that can't be, that cannot be a uh, a ruined hotel up on the hill. But it yeah. looks like one. You know that that that's a, that that doesn't look like a fake tank. They must have used a real tank, but it's not. You know, it's all I mean, CG. I mean, it's 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 hearkening back to the golden age of of matte paintings, isn't it? Like the oh, yeah. you know, where, like like when I like when I when I first saw how they did the uh, uh, when Obi Wan turned off the uh, the the um, the tractor beam in Star Wars and the the big um, shaft underneath him, how yeah. that was made. When I saw that for the first time, I was like, I, I had no idea. I assumed no. he was over a, a giant yeah, hole in the ground. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So when it's um, done, when it's done well, it, you know, it's one of those things. When it's done well, you just never even notice it or think about it, which is no, you know, like one of the. That's the and that's the gold standard of special effects in many ways. Yeah, yeah and this is why this one is so good. Yeah. Um, originally, you were never going to see the aliens at all. They, they, you oh, were only ever going to see. Yeah. I, I don't. It's stretching it. I can see why they changed yeah. it because the original idea was you would only ever see the tentacles because everything that happens is near water. And they're in the water, mm. okay. And that's, yeah, okay. That's, that, that's stretching that everywhere they go, whenever they encounter one of the monsters, yep. it so happens to be by a river or something. I mean, I, I would have taken a tentacle. I could have been okay with that. But if they didn't show anything at all, I would have been. I mean, mm. who knows? Maybe if they'd just shown a tentacle, like it would have left a bit more to the imagination. But mm. Mm. Gareth Edwards, uh, yeah, he he went to film school. Um, wanted to make films, but uh, he started off doing CG effects for TV commercials. That's where he got his yeah. uh, his experience in working with CG and went to Vertigo Films with his pitch for this film. And that was a good seven months before Cloverfield came out. So people that say, yeah. oh, it's too similar to Cloverfield, it's, not, it's another one of these happenstance things. There's two yeah. similar ideas gestating at the same time. Well, didn't he? He's first. He originally wanted to do it like first person, like wanted to do it like, um, mm. you know, in the same vein. Like, and then when yeah. he heard about Cloverfield, he's like, "Oh, bugger!" So then he had to yeah. sort of change his change his uh, his methodology a bit. And then when he had finished, I thought it was quite funny. I think District Nine was coming out, and he was like, "Oh, you've got to be bloody kidding me!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, there was no green screen used. Again, it keeps all the costs down. What it was was Gareth Edwards, he would film a scene and he knew where in that scene he was going to put, you know, a, a monster's tentacle or a tank coming past. So what he would do is he would film a scene with his actors and then pan the camera slightly to the right, which is where the tank's going to come in. And that confused yeah. the actors. It's like, why are you pointing the camera over there? It's like, <laughs> no, don't worry. It's all in my head. He hadn't storyboarded it or anything like this. He was just saying to his actors, trust me I'm going to put it in later you know so these actors they were on on location and he was doing these odd camera movements around and they had nothing to act against but it's just like no trust me trust me I mean so much of it sounded like they were basically given super vague directions like okay in this scene um you you feel like there's there is some danger ahead and then they just have to act off and and yeah. which is brilliant. It you know comes across very you know the whole movie has such a, a wonderful naturalistic feel. But part of me thinks when when Lucasfilm hired him, did they not look into his background? Like this is not a guy who who works to a strict studio system. No, no. You know th- this is not a guy who's you know just uh, you know everything is you know put onto a spreadsheet. So this maybe a, that may, this might, happened might have been yeah. a, a source of tension later on. This has happened so many times with directors who come along, you know, they make their first film and, you know, that they're, they're full of, you know, originality and verve and what have you. And then they get, because they're a success, they are taken up by Hollywood, but then they have to make things the Hollywood way. You know, Russell Mulcahy, all these directors that start off, you know, original, then are just turned into Hollywood, you know. But yeah, I mean, this is guerrilla filmmaking, the way they're doing yeah. it, the way he was saying, like, 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 we're just going to... Very often, in on these locations where they made the film, they didn't have uh, filming permission. It's a bit like George Miller with the first yeah. Mad Max. You know, they just yeah. turned up, set up a camera, right, film, go, we're off, before anybody can tell them off for doing it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this movie, you, you, they could have made a really good movie without the aliens, without mm. the CG. They've got so much beautiful footage of like, being in uh, Central Central America. There, it's it's mm. beautiful. It, it's so nice. It's so much of this movie is just stunning. And um, you know, who, who needs to build a set when you've got these 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 wonderful locations? Well, yeah, I mean, it's almost like the monsters of the title of the film are almost secondary. Because you're enjoying yeah, oh, they, their they journey, really these two brilliant actors in these brilliant locations, you know, I, I, it's just fascinating to to, to watch. Um, what else have I got? Um, yeah, as I say, the actors found it frustrating because Gareth would just tell them to look up. There's a monster. He wouldn't tell them what it looked like. He wouldn't say how far away it was or how big it was, especially in this scene. You know, they yeah. were saying on the audio commentary, you know, he says well, there's he a monster have above the gas station. Well, apparently, I mean, he wouldn't Gareth, have known, would he? Well, Gareth Edwards didn't have a clue what these aliens were going to look like. It wasn't until they had finished filming and came back to the UK that he uh, got out all his doodles. He had done about 2,000 doodles. And as I say on Facebook, I'll put up some of them. Um, I got got my doodle out the other night and got in lots of trouble, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Um, He he, he narrowed them down to 140. And on the uh, making-ofs on the DVD, you see him going to the Vertigo uh, producers, and he had all these 140 uh, black-and-white illustrations of what the aliens would look like. It's a bit like when you see um, George Lucas when he was doing the prequels, you know, walking along a wall of illustrations. Very, very similar. Yeah. Um, The... What he knew that he wanted, he he wasn't quite sure what it was going to finally look like, but he knew it had to have tentacles for the gas station sequence, that it must be beautiful in some way. It's got to have eyes, because he says, you know, a a monster must have eyes. You must be able to register the eyes. It must... barely see the eyes, but they're very small. They are incredibly small, aren't they? They, It must instill some sort of sense of fear. And it had to be yep. tall enough to loom over the garage, and it must be translucent. That was it, like his shopping list in creating sure. it. So, so I like the way that the 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 aliens were designed for this sequence that we're talking about today. All those things yep. are so this sequence would work. I mean, they're so barely, they're so um, you know glimpsed on the edges of things before then that yeah, you could totally almost uh, yeah, I can see how they could do that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once chosen, it, it was built in 3D on the computer via a Z brush, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Um, and the thought for its final design was that he wanted it to be half a crustacean and half cellophod, okay, which I think he came I think, up with. 
I think it went 101% octopus. I, was, I don't even know the yeah. word, word, word for it, but yeah. I well, had, it's not a lot of crustacean in it. No, no. But I, what you said at the beginning of the show, that I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, it is. It's a mixture of an octopus and one of the walking machines, one of the tripods from War of the Worlds, yeah. isn't it? I'd Definitely. made that connection. I mean, but yeah, you, yeah, the way you, they walk you only like see, that. You only see them walking like that a few times, but it, they, they've got the, the very stiff legs coming down and the, and, and the height as well. The, the height was the thing that made me think of War of the, War of the Worlds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of so. This is a bit of a bit of a bit of a sidetrack, but when I was just reading about this and I was looking up movies, and he, he I think he was saying that um, uh, he had an idea, he basically wanted to do a War of the Worlds sort of thing. But when Spielberg's War of the Worlds came out, he was like, All right, I'm going to have to take a different track, and that's when he started thinking about the Blair Witch Project sort of first person thing. And at that point, I was like, really? It was War of the Worlds? I didn't. I, I swear to God, I had no idea Spielberg's War of the Worlds was from 2005. I had no idea it was that bloody old. I, it is old. I had one yes. of those. I had one of those moments. I was like, "No way! That's that's from 2012 <laughs> or something." Like, oh, completely lost track of that movie. Yeah. It's a pretty forgettable movie, but yeah. it is. Well, that's it. it you, you don't tend to think about it much. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When you know, you know, the budget of this film and the budget was so low because they were doing everything CG. It's an eye opener when you realise that. Apparently, there's 260 effect shots in this film, yep. but it, it's yep. not just the aliens. It's not just the tanks and the planes and the bits of aliens and the recto and stuff like that. It's the signs. Yes, they yeah. didn't have the money to change the signs, so that's all done in computer. Yeah, and they look. They look. You don't think twice about it. That the only thing I thought about was that some of the signs that the, the um, they're actually repeated quite a bit, like. Um, uh, that was the thing. One thing I went, oh, okay, I can sort of tell this has been done on a computer. That you copy and pasted a few, few of the few of the signs a bit, few too many times. It's not enough variation. But yeah, no, it's they look I, completely natural. One of them that they show on the uh, behind the scenes is there's a sign, and I think it's a car park sign. It's all written in Spanish, and they've just taken off the word car park and put infection zone. <laughs> so if you actually pause that and read it, if you could read Spanish, you would just see it's. Um, just the charges for parking in that car park and things like that yeah. but no it's brilliant it, it's brilliant i i love the f i love it when a special effect yeah. is happening and you don't know it's a special effect you just assume that it's real that's when it's really really definitely. done its job yeah definitely i mean when i was watching this it just made me like you know in, in an alternative universe could you i would have loved to have seen if george lucas had access to this kind of filmmaking when he was young because i think this is exactly the kind of movie he wanted to make like not dealing with studios and huge crews and 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 not even dealing with many actors, I think that would have been a huge appeal to him. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it would have been, it would have been so interesting to see these tools like in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's our behind the scenes over, uh, and you know what happens next. It's the it's the rating. Mm. So, what would you give this for? It's, it's just for the sequence, but not the yeah. whole film. It, it, it's a funny one, I guess. Like, it's not a particularly original monster, and and, that, and I think that's also part of the thing. It's not the, the, the word monster is very misleading. I mean, they're, they're not monsters; they're just they're just animals. Yes. Um, but they it looks great. It's um, I don't know. The animation on those tentacles is fantastic. I, I mean, when I first saw it, I had no idea that it was a budget movie. I just saw it and thought, wow, what a great looking movie. So, um. But I know. I think I think it's a solid as, as an effect. I think the monster is in the context. I think it's a solid eight out of ten. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to be as generous as you. I'm going to give it a seven. Um, yeah. You know, it's really well done. Um, I'm not keen on the design. It's basically it's a neon lit octopus, basically, yeah. isn't it? Sure. Um, so uh, no, no. I, I'll give it a seven. That, that gives it a seven and a half. All right. Which I think I think that's a pretty great achievement for uh, six people, one driver, and uh, you know five hundred thousand dollars. Okay, fair enough. In in, um, in, in, in in modern in modern in modern money, yeah. All right, that's great. Before we go, Wade, um, you mm. mentioned something a little while ago. Didn't didn't you meet Gareth Edwards? <laughs> I, I, okay, I can't believe I didn't bring this up during the Rogue One episode, which would have made far more sense. But yeah, I am. Um, I. I so do you remember when the um, the 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 big 
Force Awakens trailer was premiered at Celebration Anaheim, the one when Han Solo and, and Chewie revealed oh, Chewie, that. Chewie, we're home. Chewie, we're home. Yeah, that. Mm. I watched that premiered sitting next to Gareth Edwards in, in Anaheim. <laughs> really? <laughs> and. It, and it was just pure. It was just pure bloody crazy luck. It was so you know. So you go to these conventions, and that, that was the fir- first convention I ever went to. So basically, I went to there. I went to Celebration Anaheim. I had a, I actually won a bit of money, like not crazy money, like two thousand dollars. I was like, wow, I've got two thousand dollars, and it was coming up to my fortieth birthday. I might have been a bit past it, and I was just like, wow, maybe I could go to this this you know Star Wars convention in LA. That'd be insane. And um, so my I had two main, uh, like, two reasons to really want to go. I really wanted to go because it was building up to Force Awakens and, like, say what you want to say about the movie, building up to it, it was bloody exciting. And, yeah, and that trailer, like, that was, it was fantastic. And also, Star Wars in character. I knew that they were probably going to do a big event and, you know, I had so much fun, you know, meeting up with those guys and doing the balls for all. So, yeah, so I'll go to this convention. It was the first one I'd ever been to and it was, it was, had time in my life. It was fantastic. And, um, but, the first morning, I get there really early. Well, but there'd been people lined up overnight out the door. Like, so I didn't get there crazy early. I just, you know, turned up, lined up, and you know, these conventions, you'll have the main auditorium, but then you have all these, you know, flow off to different rooms where you can just sit down and watch the presentation on a screen or something. So I assumed that is what I was going to be doing. I was like, I'm fine with that. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I was still getting over jet lag. I was like, I wasn't, yeah. So I get that. I'm in this line. We're walking along, walking along. And then these people come and say, right, guys, you've got to hurry up. We've got to get you in, in here. And I, they, I just started running with these other people into this room. I had no idea what I was going into. And it was the main auditorium. <laughs> and they just point down this aisle go, down there. Go sit down there. Like, we just run down. And I sit down. And I was like, I was so excited. I, I got into the, um, you know, to watch it, the whole presentation live. I was just blown away. I'm just sitting there looking around going, taking all in. And I look over to my right. And first thing I saw was um, Dave Filoni, the the, yeah. the 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 main guy behind the uh, animated um, Clone Wars and stuff. And I just recognized him. I didn't even watch them that much. But he's a very recognizable guy with yeah. his cowboy hat. I went, wow, it's Dave Filoni. And then I look around. I'm like, okay. And I, I recognized a few other people. And I realized I was sitting next to the Lucasfilm um, enclave, I guess. And then so I looked did across they, the did aisle. Did they think that you were part of the enclave? They just no, 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 no. I, I, I was with the plebs, but I was on. I was with the plebs, <laughs> but we were sitting adjacent. There was just a few seats there, and they were just filling it up. And I, right. so I was just. And literally, I must have been one of the very last people let in. And um, and then I look across, and I see this guy, slightly chubby dude with a bit of um, bit of bit of facial growth, and I, he just looks familiar. And then I turn away, and I look back and go, that's. That's bloody Gareth Edwards, isn't it? And and I reached over and I said, and, I, and the first thing I said to him was, "Hey," I went. He, he just looked at me. I went, "Oh," I re, and I said, "I really like monsters." And he just smiled and shook, shook my hand. I went, oh, "Thanks." And then I just sat there. And then I spent. I, so we watched the whole um, trailer and presentation. It was super exciting. And he went crazy when the trailer dropped. He was just like screaming and yelling. And but I was slightly distracted. I was slightly distracted the whole time. I was trying to think of a question to ask him. I was like. Right, this is my chance. I'm going to meet him at the end. I'm going to make sure I get a picture with him. And I think I just asked some rubbish question about Stormtrooper helmets. Like, um, uh, I can't, I can't remember because they, they brought the new Stormtroopers out on stage. So I think I asked him, hey, Gareth, um, do you know if those new helmets have got better visibility than the old helmets? And he went, I don't know. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, he hasn't even have a, had access to the new helmets, which look shit. I don't like the new Stormtroopers. Um but yeah, it was, and then at the end of the presentation, I just got a photo with him, and it was just, it was just such a bizarre. I mean, I was blown away to get into this thing, but then to sit next to the guy directing the first um, Star Wars Standalone. spin-off movie, it, it was absolutely surreal. It was really, really, really trippy. That, but it was a is... yeah, re- really, really nice, cool guy. Um, yeah, that that is surreal and that is trippy. Can I tell you my one? Oh, please do. Right, I, I, me and some friends, we were down in Folkestone, which is a seaside town not far from here, and uh, every you know year there used to be a military modelling convention, okay, called Euro Militaire, where people from all over Europe they came to Folkestone, and it's where you go to buy your model kits, your military kits, your World War stuff, right. and things like this. Yeah. And we used to go because um, um, not so much for the the tank models and the plane models but it was a good place to get all your tools and your paints and stuff like that you see and we were there and it said this place it's like a theater and we we were going up some stairs right to go and 
I don't know, get mm-hmm. a sandwich or something. And coming down the stairs towards us, and I was in the front, was Peter Jackson. Okay. Oh, yeah. And yep. th- this is just after Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. And yep. he, he looked like Peter Jackson. He was Peter Jackson. He still had the black bomber jacket on and all like yep. this, you see. And I turned around to my friends and I went, that's, that's Peter Jackson. And they looked up and they go like, bloody hell it is. So we're walking towards him. He's walking towards us. And I'm thinking, what can I say? What, I've got to say something. I embarrass myself with... with, with, with I know their pressure. I know yeah, their pressure. And it's like, say something that he hasn't heard before. Say something he hasn't heard before. And if I'd had more time, I would have thought of something about, you know, from Brain Dead or Meet the Feebles or something yeah. like that. But it's like, think of something fast, Eric. Think of something fast. And as he passed me and I passed him, I went, hello, Mr. Jackson. Because that's all I could think of saying. And he went, yeah. He, he just went, yeah, all right. And uh, and, and he yeah. just went off. And it's like, it's yeah. bloody Peter Jackson. Because Peter Jackson is a big model fan and military yeah. modeling fan, you know. And yeah. he was there. And, and, and it's like, bloody hell. And then later on, still, yeah, a bit surreal and a bit trippy, uh, I went to the toilet and I've urinated alongside Peter Jackson. He was there um, <laughs> at the urinal. I, I didn't say anything to him at the urinal. Uh, That'd be really funny if you used your line again. Hello again, Mr. Hello Jackson. Again. No, no, no I, I was just studying his bomber jacket. It, it had rips in it, and it and, and it, the rips were just patched up with, like, gaffer tape. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've urinated uh, alongside, I almost said against Peter Jackson. I've, I've <laughs> urinated alongside Peter Jackson. That's my director, uh, little tip. To be honest, if I saw Peter Jackson now, I probably would piss on him. Like, I, 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 I'm not a fan. I'm not a this fan. This is for the Hobbit, Tol- and this is for King Tol- Kong. <laughs> as a Tolkien, oh, mate, for Lord of the Rings, even, as a Tolkien fan, I'm not a fan of the movies. I think they look, they're entertaining spectacles, but they're not Lord of the Rings. So, no, yeah, but not, that's a discussion not. for another time. Yeah, indeed. All give, right. give, give, give me Meet the Feebles or Brain Dead any any day of the week. Ah, well, all right, right. Next time, Wade, we'll have you back for one of those two. All right, oh, Christ, I've not seen them in such a long time. That actually would be funny. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll make my wife. I'll make my wife watch as well. All right, but not your son. <laughs> no, God, no. No. <laughs> no, I I haven't seen those since the video days. So yeah, now that that yeah, all right then. To be continued with one of them two. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, well, thanks for today, Wade. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I thought I thought you met Gareth Edwards. I thought you were going to tell the story about meeting Gareth Edwards. We heard about Peter Jackson. You're just talking about the time you ran into someone. Sorry, I misheard. I thought I was going to get the time you met Gareth Edwards. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Never no. mind me. I'm sure if I if I do meet Gareth Edwards at some point, I will embarrass <laughs> myself again in some way. I mean, he must be. Um, he, I haven't. I haven't heard. I mean, after the whole uh, Rogue One debacle, like. Um, which I'm sure, I'm sure his version of Rogue One would have looked awesome as well. I, I don't think, I don't think Disney uh, edited his movie because it looked bad. I think it was probably what they asked for. They wanted the realistic, you know, hard-hitting war movie Star Wars, film, and he yeah. gave it to them. And then they went, oh no, actually, we need a family-friendly budget. Play it safe, Friend. just like Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what he does in the future. It might it would be nice if you know if they do uh, keep going with the standalones you know if they bring him in have him do the Obi Wan film or the Boba Fett film or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, at this point, I'd really like to see him go back to his own sort of more um, you know like art film roots. I'd like to see him like you know, and that, that's the thing with this movie, which it hasn't really led on to, but like. You know, I was always hoping once we had um, affordable effects, we could just have movies where effects would, if you wanted to do to do a interesting story with some fantastical effects, you could just do it. It, it isn't a budgetary issue. It's just a it's just a movie making decision, yes, like yes. what you want to have in there. Um, and that hasn't really turned out. It just feels like you know you're still getting these huge budget special effects uh, movies. Um, but I don't. Know, I, to be honest, I don't watch many movies anymore. Like. Which is just, just, just you know, life at the moment. But mm. uh, there could be stuff out there like, like, like you know, the modern version of monsters. I don't know. I haven't seen it, but you know, I'd like to think that that would be the the ongoing legacy of this movie. Is like, look what you can do. Like, you don't need yeah. the the huge studio. Um, you don't need you know these actors being paid millions of dollars. Like, you can go make a, a beautiful piece of of art. It could come because, you know, you've got the likes of, of Gareth Edwards and J.J. Abrahams, you know, that when they were kids, they saw Spielberg films or whatever, and it's like, I want to do that. And when they reach the age and the opportunity to do it, they do that. You might have 
people out there who did see monsters when they were young and realized yeah. that this is you, you know on a shoestring but it looks fantastic and are inspired it might still come eh? yeah i mean i mean i've seen it definitely i've seen like some some incredibly impressive like star wars fan films and which are just like oh, if yeah. i saw those you know 20 years ago i would i would have been like well this is the new star wars like so mm. yeah the, the tools are there look we just need to start um yeah right. hopefully Let's see what the, happens uh, yeah all right okay i've got to go and make the dinner um so all right, all right. thank you wade and uh yeah till the next time okay all right see you mate Cheers, matey. Bye-bye. All right. sound all right now so uh, we'll get straight into it as i say i'll count you in and off we go okay got it just make a note of the time okay five four three two one <laughs> 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 i could not have timed that that was incredible i'm just going to wait that... for that to go away absolutely uh, incredible I... I think you need to include that as a stinger at the end of the episode if you, if you did record yeah. that. That is all. I will. I will. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see if anyone's leaving them. That, that. You know it would be really funny? If it was my mother. <laughs> I can't contact my son. <laughs> <laughs>